1: This is Karun Chandogh, just back from the Bahrain Grand Prix. What a fantastic race we had. I think it was uh, the third race in a row where F1 2017 has continued to deliver a really interesting battle. No question about it. The uh, Ferrari versus Mercedes battle is going to go all the way down to the wire. But, yeah, another strategic contest. Lots of outside factors at play as well. So let's start from the top. Um, I think, first of all, Qualifying, Valtteri Bottas getting his first pole position, I was really pleased with Valtteri, he's a really nice guy, I've known him for many years, and really, really happy for for him to, you know, it sort of underlined that belief that Mercedes had in him to get him into the team. Didn't quite work out on Sunday for him, but w- we'll come back to that. Uh, the reality is, you know, to out-qualify Lewis Hamilton is, um, you know, is no mean feat, so, yeah, really good effort, and um, you know, I, He talked me through his lap on Channel 4, for those of you who watched our coverage back at home. Uh, and it was a good, really good lap. A you know, couple of little mistakes, really on the edge, but um, I think overall he should be um, pretty pleased with that. I know he was a bit disappointed on Sunday, um, but I think qualifying was a really good effort. Ferrari was a big surprise of qualifying, uh, in my opinion. I was surprised how far back they were. Compared to Mercedes, and I think they were as well. Uh, you know, it was. It's interesting how in the first two races they were right up there, but for whatever reason, temperature, circuit-related, nobody could really pinpoint it. And and really, we haven't got enough of a data set to draw a trend. We need to see a few more races, but also the cars are evolving. Update: Ferrari had a new front wing. We saw on uh, Friday free practice and. You know, it's, it's a it's a constantly moving goalpost, and I think that's really interesting. Red Bull did a good job, I thought, in um, you know free practice and and quality. They they were definitely closer this weekend than they have been first couple of races. I remember, fl- I mean, when I flew out of London on Wednesday night to get to Bahrain Thursday morning, uh, there's a guy from Red Bull checking into the flight right next to me, and he had. You know, the porters lined up with huge boxes and boxes of bits that he was carrying out to to Bahrain. So, um, yeah, interesting to see them really pushing on as well. Uh, But, you know, Hulkenberg, I think, the other star uh, of qualifying. I'd be remiss not to mention his performance in qualifying. I think that was very, very good. Best of the rest. They don't seem to have it in race pace, though. When you look at FP2 and also the, the Grand Prix, they don't seem to have the race pace to match... Williams or Force India, and I think that's something they'd be working on. But you know, really good job, Nick Chester, Alan Perme, and the technical team there. They they've they've worked with Nico, and I think Nico has given them a bit of setup direction, has given them some guidance um, in which way they want to head with the car to unlock its potential and to be best of the rest uh, on the grid. You know, backing up his seventh place from Shanghai, I think, was a was a very good effort in qualifying. So in the Grand Prix, um, Lewis obviously starting on the dirty side hampered him, and then we had you know Valtteri and Seb uh, up front. Valtteri seemed to be really struggling. I mean, Mercedes talked about the fact that his um, first set of tyres on the grid they weren't able to set the right tyre pressures, and that hampered his first stint. But even beyond that first stint, he didn't seem to have the pace of Lewis or Sebastian, and that's interesting for me. You know, I mean. Is, is that a clear sign that Mercedes need to start favoring Lewis when it comes to those strategy calls and, and decision making? And, and I think, you know, they, they, they're very conscious. I think Mercedes are very good and very conscious of being um, unbiased to one side of the garage. They've, they've done that in the past. Uh, we saw Nico and Lewis. They tried really hard to be fair and equal. And I think... Now, though, they're in a different dynamic, they're in a different world championship battle. They're fighting against uh, another team, and the enemy is no longer within. The enemy is outside, and you do wonder whether they need to start rethinking their approach in terms of favoring uh, one driver or the other. I'm sure it's a hard decision. It's very early in the season to to resign uh, one driver to a number two status, but you know, maybe that's what it's going to take. Uh, we've seen, look, historically, you know, back in 86, Nelson Piquet and Nigel Mansell were fighting each other for Williams and was crossed to snuck into the World Championship. And, you know, there have been a few occasions where drivers are taking points off each other and ultimately, uh, in the same team, I mean, and ultimately it takes, uh, it allows someone else to come through. So, uh, yeah, very tricky stuff there uh, for Mercedes to deal with. And if you look at this race, specifically, you know, the opening part of the Grand Prix, Valtteri didn't have the pace to pull away and you could see in fact all the way down to fifth with Max and, and Daniel as well there were sort of five of them in a train um, and Ferrari bit the bullet on lap 10, they went for the undercut and you, you do wonder that those sort of instances if Valtteri had the tyre pressure issue um, you know, which was really hampering him, why didn't Mercedes pull him in? Uh, or on the flip side why didn't they pull Lewis in and give Lewis an undercut? Perhaps I could have jumped both um, Sebastian and Valtteri. So, I mean, I was looking through um, some lap times, uh, you know, just replaying the race from, from, uh, and trying to understand on the, on the live timing data. And, you know, when, when Vettel pitted, Valtteri's lap on that lap was a thir- 137.6, and Vettel came out 23.2 seconds behind. Uh, But then Mercedes curiously left their cars out, and over the next couple of laps, you know, the gap came down 20.5, 18.0, and in fact, by the time the safety car came out on lap 13, um, Valtteri was only 16.1 ahead of Sebastian. So, if there had been no safety car, Sebastian would have come out 7 seconds up the road. In effect, the safety car actually helped the Mercedes drivers close uh, and they actually made seven seconds. And you look at the sector times um, in the middle sector of the lap. The Mercedes guys, um, so let's say Valtteri did a 42.4 second middle sector. Seb did 49.1. So in that one sector alone, they gained seven seconds. Let alone the the last part of the lap. So you know, despite the safety car, um, Ferrari still managed to get track position. And that was a, that that sort of three lap phase and that decision making. They went around that lap 10 phase of the first pit stop, was really the critical moment of, of the Grand Prix. Um, and I think in hindsight, Mercedes will wonder, should they have gone for a more aggressive undercut? We knew the soft tyres were hanging on. You know, they, they could have, in the end, they pitted three laps later and was fine at the end. So, yeah, and I think that, that's something they need to think about going forward. Um, and I'm sure they will. There's some extremely clever people on that Mercedes pit bull. James Vowles, great strategist. Andrew Shovelin, the chief engineer. Pete Bonington, Tony Ross, the two race engineers. Some very, very clever people there. Um, and I'm sure they'll, they'll work it out. But fundamentally, I believe it's a philosophical issue of do we um, carry on in terms of fairness and let the driver in front have first call, etc., etc., or do we start to favor one driver over another and and use that tactic to combat Sebastian. Once again, Sebastian did what he does best. Uh, when he gets out front, he's gone. You know This is why the guy's won so many Grand Prix's. He knows how to win races. He managed that gap to Lewis. I think Lewis did exactly what any racing driver in the world would have done uh, when, he, when it came to backing up um, you know, Daniel into the pit lane. The mistake he made, perhaps, was not packing Daniel up enough before the, the pit entry line. Um, Daniel did an interview with us on Channel 4 where he talked about the fact that before the pit entry line you can slow down, but once you cross the pit entry line in the pit lane itself, you can't slow somebody down. And when you look at the pit stop times, I'm just looking at the screen. Um, you know, Vettel's total pit stop, pit into to pit out was 24.7. Valtteri lost time, don't forget, uh, because they had to let the traffic come past. And his was 28.3, so he lost 3.6 seconds, which in effect, because of the safety car, was actually also the difference between getting out ahead of Sebastian or not. Lewis's stop was 30.7, so that was 6 seconds total time slower than, um, than Vettel. And and that shuffled him way out of the order, and then he got the five second penalty. But yeah, really good Grand Prix, uh, fascinating battles up front. But once again, I think further proof that Sebastian and Lewis are uh, really staking their claim to being undisputed number ones in their team. Um, Valtteri did very well to bounce back from China. I'll be interested to see how he goes from here. We know he's good at Russia. He was good there with Williams before, and we'll see. Um, so I've gone on quite a bit with the uh, with the battle of the front, um, but just a couple of the mentions. Felipe Massa, I thought, had a very good race uh, for Williams. Lance was unfortunate. I think Carlos, will, when he watches the replay, will slightly regret that manoeuvre. Um, I think um, you know Hul- uh, Hulkenberg had a tough race in terms of race pace, as I mentioned before. But Checo Perez was another star for me. Um, you know, tough qualifying, got. Uh, unfortunately, because the yellow flags didn't get to do his last lap, knocked out in Q1. Uh, but such a good race. He did a very good job in the first two, three laps. And then had good pace to go with it um, to rack up good points. So that was a, for me, he was actually uh, probably the driver of the day, Perez. He did a really good job. Um, so we got a couple of weeks away before we head back to Sochi for the next round of the World Championship. And yeah, we'll see what happens, but no question about it, Ferrari versus Mercedes is going to keep going.
0: The six hours of Silverstone, I mean, what an immense battle it was. It went down to the wire, we had uh, just a few seconds between the first and the second. Winner was Toyota in the hands of Sebastian Poemi, Katsuki Nakajima, and Anthony Davidson. And um, I think I lost a little bit of weight through that race because we had uh, wet conditions, we had some technical issues, uh, the traffic, uh, very intense battles and uh, an overtaking maneuver just with six minutes to go. So really uh, cool stuff, but how did it unfold? So we had to start, uh, Toyota one and two leading the way, uh, extremely good in the first stint opening a gap up to 6-8 seconds, uh, maybe a bit more at times, but already in the end of the first scene I could see that we couldn't pull away anymore. Uh, by then Porsche found its rhythm and through the traffic the net car performance um, was eliminated. It was then down a the race of how to manage uh, the boost, how to manage the fuel cuts. And in the end of the day, both uh, teams have been on a similar pace. We had a similar phenomenon last year, when uh, Toyota was never as good as the others in qualifying. But in the race, we've been there. So, we can expect really cool racing for the next few races to come. Uh, it's a very intense battle. Uh, it was down uh, to the drivers, uh, especially in rainy conditions where we saw different strategies unfolding. We had Porsche opting for intermediate tires uh, and uh, we from Toyota uh, stayed with the slick tires. The reason there for that was not really a different sort of strategy. We would have gone for intermediate tires if we hadn't had just uh, a pit stop two minutes before the rain started coming down. So we were on the um, dry tires and uh, there was no choice other than for Anthony uh, to man up. Uh, He did a sensational job, kept the car on the track, didn't lose too much time, um, and it saved us one pit stop. In the end, it was a zero game. Both cars came out again uh, quite equal, yet we had a 20 seconds uh, lead more or less, and then came the safety car. After an accident of Jose Maria Lopez, uh, who got caught out with a little wet patch in store, uh, he went to hospital, so I hope it's all okay. He's not serious. There's nothing serious, but he has pain in the back, so routine check. Uh, hopefully, Jose, you will be back with us very soon. We need you for the test, actually, <laughs> in a few days. Um, race then continued, and um, Porsche did a very clever strategy with staying out with Brendan, uh Very short, pleasant dash in the end. They took the lead. And then it was uh, a race between Brendan and uh, Sepp. They are friends, they lived together for a few years, so it was uh, quite interesting to watch them. Both uh, were very tough to each other in turn three, four, uh, but Sepp had the upper hand, uh, had newer tires, and a bit more speed. And uh, man, he went for a real cool move, and then brought the car home with pain again to come, but uh, he was safe. So I really enjoyed that l and battle. won uh, battle. Good uh, publicity and a good show for the sport. It was fought very hard and can't wait for the next uh, race event in Spain. For people who are really interested in details in the WEC, I mean it is a fascinating uh, sport. The technology is mind-blowing. We have way more than 1000 horsepower, four-wheel drive, um, but also we have strict rules which try to limit the amount of money uh, the manufacturers investing in the sport. So for this year we have two different aero packages allowed. One of course, the main package is the Le Mans aero package which is low downforce for the very high speed track in in France. And for the other tracks is high downforce. But we have a very different approach this year where uh, Porsche has not done any work on the high downforce package. They have optimized the entire winter on the low downforce package and they arrived in Silverstone on low downforce. Whilst we at Toyota, Uh, We have brought out our high downforce package for the testing and for this race Uh, That's maybe the reason as well. We had a little bit the upper hand because we had more downforce and Silverstone uh, With all the high speed flowing uh, Corners rewards the high downforce So yeah, that was uh, now in our hands in Spa It is just a track which is in between the two downforce packages So I guess uh, the gap is going to be really tight there Uh, Le Mans both teams will go low downforce and then in the end of the season very curious what Porsche will bring up uh, with the high downforce package the reason they're doing it is they want to spend more time in the wind tunnel to optimize that package so you can expect the championship really unfolding all throughout the the season and uh, having a great influence on the race and it's not just about downforce because the amount of aerodynamics you carry uh, is also the amount of drag you have influences a great deal of your fuel and fuel efficiency more drag means you burn more fuel so you have more fuel cuts Um, you get faster around the corner that uh, however needs less fuel so i start to confuse you now and it is really really complex so small subtle changes do have a large effect on on our machines and uh, it still is also down to the drivers how he drives. so uh, please keep up to date, Uh, stay tuned on on this blog, Um, and I'll try to explain it better next time.